Music is a uh, very powerful force and certainly plays a central role um, in Yiddishkeit. That goes back to, you know, say from Maver Yabok. The Maver Yabok, it sounds like an um, esoteric source, but it's really not. The Maver Yabok was a Talmud of the Ramami Panu um, from the early Mikubalim, um, from the school of the Ariya Kaddish. Um, and the Sefer Maver Yabok has many minhagim that make its way into standard Jewish practice, um, if you look up the source. And anyway, the Maver Yabok writes that the reason why music is such a powerful vehicle and tool is because that's the language of the neshama. Before the neshama comes down to this world, it's in Shamayim, in an area that's uh, referred to as the guf. We mentioned that last time. And while the neshama is waiting there to be paired together with the body, in that repository, in that, uh, that, uh, that designated space, um, he hears, or the neshama hears, everything that's taking place around him. And the sounds that are going on in Shamayim is the sounds of, of song, of shira. This is also found in the writings already of Rav Shoma Levi Alkabetz. That's the author of the Luchadoidi who preceded the Ariya Kaddish. was also from those who lived in Tzvas, early Mikubalim. He has a commentary on Megillus Esther called the Manos HaLevi. Um, and in the first parak, he's, he's addressing the question that he raises, which is why at Achashverosh's Seuda, which has spared no expense, don't we find any reference to musical instruments? So in the course of his dealing with that question, he digresses to discuss music in general, and he writes, the reason why music is so powerful in a religious context is because that's the language of the neshama. That's what the neshama's native tongue, that's what it, uh, it, it was in, the first language it was initiated to, um, was uh, that of song. This is based on a Gemara Masech Chagiga, the Gemara says in Masech Chagiga, that every day a Kaddish Baruch creates malachim, that um, sing him, v'amishira u'batli, they sing shira and then they vanish. There's constantly shira that's going on um, in Shemayim. The Tikkun Ezeirah refers to a heichal uh, negina. There's a uh, chamber of song. I don't think they play chamber music in that chamber of song, but there is a chamber of song. One of the heichalim, one of the gates in Shemayim, is the chamber of, of music. So that is the kind of the, uh, the background noise that is occurring in Shemayim is that, of, is that of music. And the neshama gets used to that. From that, uh, from that environment. And even when it comes down to this world and it's paired together with the body, um, that remains its vernacular, that remains its, its native tongue, is that, uh, is this, is, is that of song. Uh, Roshama Levi Yaakovetz therefore writes, um, again, this is from the early Mekubalim, that that's why um, if a person is anxious or they're tense and they hear music, that could be a very soothing experience. It's calming. Because just like a person, you know, who's uh, a baby is young and the mother sings a certain lullaby and that, um, you know, gets embedded in the conscious of the child and somehow is some, you know, uh, comforting and, uh, you know, a safety uh, blanket or something like that, um, soothing and comforting in that way. So, so too, the native language that the Nishama is used to from its infancy um, also remains a calming, um, a calming experience for the, for the Nishama. So this is the language of spirituality, the language of the Nishama is that of song. That's why the Rajba has a tshuva, uh, has a Talmud, who wrote a sefer called the Torah's HaMincha, Again, from the time of the Rishonim, the time of the Rajvah, who writes that that's why Nevuah was precipitated by song. The Ram has the same thing you say there, Torah, that um, in order to, to arouse uh, Nevuah, the Nevi'im would play harps or flutes, and when they heard that music, then they got into the zone of Nevuah because music precipitates a spiritual experience because music is the language of the Neshama. I don't think it's a coincidence, therefore, that Torah is referred to as a Shira. 
Pasukim Parshas Vayelech. Va'at the Kisvul Lachem as Hashira Hazois. Torah refers to as Hashira. Many address what what is the similarity between the Torah and Hashira, and of course there are probably a host of of comparisons can be made, but I think in its most rudimentary uh, form, it's because Shira is the language of the Neshama, and therefore Tyra is also the language of the Neshama, which speaks to the Neshama. Um, Rabbi Nassan, Rabbi Nassan was the main Talmud of Rabbi Nachman, um, who wrote down most of his teachings, so he has a, a set of Svarim, which is very lengthy, called the Kute Halochis, which is kind of a companion to much of Rabbi Nachman's writings. A lot of the explanations for what he me- really means is found in Likutei Halachis. So in his Likutei Halachis, in Hilchas Apitropis, in Chesha Mishpat, I don't know why it's in Chesha Mishpat, but um, he has um, a comment that if a person wants to really be Mizdabek, to have Kirvas Alakim, it has to can only be, happen when it's inspired through music. Music, Shira, is what enables a person to connect in the most profound way to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's the language of the Nishama. The Piazetzna Rebbe, who we've discussed many times, uh, Tisha B'Av and other occasions, he has uh, drushes that he gave during the Warsaw Ghetto, but before that, um, he was kind of de facto rev in the Warsaw Ghetto, he was a Rosh Hashiva in a yeshiva that was right outside of Warsaw, um, so he was engaged in the process, which is why his farm was so popular today, of teaching Hasidus in an organized, um, systematic fashion. That's why it's far more popular. It resonates today because people are interested in learning about it and breaking in, and that's that's hard if it's not your if it's not your you know gears to the yanksa. So if you want to learn about it systematically, his farm are a good entryway. Um, and he wrote a sefer for young talmidim, kochavis talmidim, and then a companion, uh, uh, um, a sequel called Hakshoras Havrechem, just for older students. So in Hakshoras Havrechem, he writes that don't be bothered with the fact that you see many people singing who have no dvekos who have no kirvos elokim, even though that's the language of the neshama, because what it does is it opens up the heart, it opens up the neshama, but it doesn't create the content of what that communication will look like. It opens the portal, but what comes out is entirely subjective and up to the person. Whatever is in your heart will come out. If what's in your heart is darkness, what will come out is darkness. If what's in a person's heart is light, what will come out is light. And therefore, in a person's music, often one can hear that if it's coming from a cruel person, even if there are no lyrics, you know, that, um, you know, that, 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 that give away what a person is really thinking, you can already sense it in the tone of the music, the harshness, the axarius, the cruelty. Um, and by the same token, if a person is soft and, and, and thoughtful and caring, that can come across in the music as well. It opens up the heart, it opens up the neshama, and what is inside will come out, will come out. So therefore, Rabbi Nachman writes at the beginning of Torah Gimel, um, a person who hears a niggin from a person who's a rasha, that can be very harmful to his avodas Hashem, because what's coming out is that person's neshama, and that person is connected with, uh, you know, with, with a dark source. Um, however, a person hears a niggin from an adam kasher, the hagun, who conducts himself properly, then the niggin can be a very va- va- a valuable vehicle and tool for connecting with the Kaddish Rahu, it opens up the heart and you know, is the language of the Neshama that enables us to connect um, with our Kaddish Baruch Hu. Well, Rabbi, not, that's the introduction to the Torah Gimel. But why is that the case? Why is, uh, or in what way, in what way and then why is Shira the language um, of the Neshama? And Rabbi Nachman gets Kabbalistic on us, but just in its, in its you know, the first steps of his uh, thinking, he connects it with a, um, the Torah process of the Mitzvah. The Torah process of the Mitzvah, a person who speaks Hashanah about his friend, of course, has to bring two birds. Um, one bird that's put to death, one bird that's left alive. But perhaps those birds represent two aspects of, of speech. The Zayah HaKadosh tells us that there's a difference between kol and dibor. 
Dibor is the words that a person is saying. Ko is the emotions that are behind those words. Every time a person says something, so there's the external words that he's saying, but then you can tell like, when a person says something in the way that they're saying it, perhaps in, you know, in, in, the, in their body language, or even in the tone of that which they're saying, what their emotional state is. That's the ko, that's the voice. That's what gets expressed during song. In a song, of course, there are, could be lyrics, could be words, but it's also an emotional, an emotional expression. And perhaps the reason why song is the language of the neshama is because the um, currency of the neshama, the language of the neshama, is one of emotions, not one of words. It's one of ko, not one of dibor. And therefore, you can have uh, conversation um, in emotions, even without any words. There are no lyrics to the song, but yet my heart can be opened to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Because what, the way we connect to a Kaddish Baruch Hu is not only through the words that we're saying, but through the emotional state that we bring to bear. It's that emotional connection that, you know, through which we connect to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. The, uh, and that's why you have two birds representing those two parts of speech that perhaps have been corrupted that now need to be rehabilitated. We mentioned on another occasion once that um, Pashas Hazinu begins with two um, terms used to describe hearing. Hazinu HaShamayim Vadavera, Meshavayim was speaking, and he says the Shamayim should hear as I'm speaking. Hazinu HaShamayim Vadavera, it should, uh, should listen to that which I'm saying. And the land should hear the words of my mouth. So there's Hazana and there's Shmiya. What's the difference between Hazana and Shmiya? So the Chizkuni says, Hazana refers to something which is far away. Shmiya refers to something which is close by. Moshe Rabbeinu was standing on the ground. He says, Hazinu HaShamayim Vadevera. Hazana is far away. The Shamayim is far away. This is Shmaharetzimrefi. The land which is standing right underneath me, that should, that should hear what I'm saying. So that's uh, the two verbs, I guess, represent two, you know, whether the sound is far away or the sound is close by. The Chizkuni continues, and that's why when Yeshayo and Novi is speaking on behalf of Kaddish Baruch Hu, but says, Shimu Shamayim Vazini Yaretz, Kipi Hashem Diber. Shimu Shamayim, where's the Kaddish Baruch Hu? Kipi Hashem Diber, Kaddish Baruch Hu's in Shamayim. So what's close by? The Shamayim. Shimu Shamayim, Shmi is close. Vazini Yaretz, from a Kaddish Baruch Hu's in Shamayim, and that's the way we, we perceive him. So then the Aretz is far away. Hazan is far away, Shmi is close. That's in our language, though. In our language. In human language, Shmia um, is close, Hazana is far away. In the language of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, though, it's just the opposite. It's just the opposite. How do you know? Because the bracha that we say at the end of Shaifris is Ki kol shayfar, umazin Baruch Hu. You hear the sound of the shayfar, but you listen to the call of the trua, umazin trua, v'ein daimelach, and you're not the same as us. So the prima Godin writes in one of his letters, v'ein daimelach, you're not the same as us. For us, for us, Shmiya's close, Hazan is far away. For Kaddish Baruch, it's just the opposite. Atosh Shemeya kol Shofar. Kaddish Baruch, who hears the Shofar? He's interested in the whole sound of the Shofar, the unbroken sound. But Mazin Shua. What is Kaddish Baruch really waiting for? The cry for the broken sound of the Shofar. That's what's close by. That penetrates close to the Rebbeinu Shalom. So that's Umazin Shua. Kaddish Baruch, Hazan is close. Shmi is far away. Question number one: Why do we have two terms to refer basically to the same thing, to hearing or listening? Why do we need two terms to describe that? And why is there a difference between? The terms that are used in the language of human beings and, and in the language of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Kaddish Baruch Hu is not the same. He speaks a different language than us. Why? why? Why do we have these two terms? So it seems to me that perhaps it's because the ear really has two parts. There's the part of the ear that's, uh, I'm not an ENT or anything, but the ear has the part, Balabatish, the ear has the part that's outside of the body, but then there's the inner ear that goes inside of the head. And that's because there are two parts to speech, which we've already mentioned. There are the words that a person is saying, and then there's the emotional state that's behind it. 
that's behind it. And the two terms, Shmi and Hazana, refer to hearing both things that the person is saying, the words as well as having the intelligence to understand what is his emotional state. And we have two words, Shmi and Hazana. Shmi refers to the external words, that's like the external part of the ear. But then there's the internal emotions, that's the inner ear, that's Hazana. That's listening. In the language of human beings, we generally converse in the external words. The emotional state is hard for us to pick up. We can get sometimes a trace of it, but that's not really you know, the, the substance of our conversations. So for us, what's close? Shmia. Shmia is the external words. So that's Hazinu HaShemayim Vadabayev. It's Shema HaAretz. Aretz is close. Shmia is close. That's the external words. There is an emotional state. That's Hazana, but that's far away for us. In the language of Kaddish Baruch Hu, it's just the opposite. Kaddish Baruch Hu hears the external words, and that's important, and we have to say them, of course. However, what a Kaddish Baruch Hu is generally interested, what, you know, the real conversation with the Rebbe Shalom happens in the emotional state, happens in the Hazana. So for a Kaddish Baruch Hu, Hazana, Hazana penetrates. Hazana is close. Umazin Shrua. For the Rebbe Shalom is interested in the emotional state. Eh, the external words that we're saying are important, but that's not the way a person builds a relationship with a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And since our language, our conversation with the Kaddish Baruch Hu is built through emotions, that's perhaps why music is so important. Music is the language of the neshama, it's the way a person expresses the emotions that are behind the words that he's saying, and that's why it's such an important vehicle and tool in connecting with the Kaddish Baruch.